Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 9, titled The Dreamscape. Uh, yet another phenomenal episode that's got a lot going on with Massive Dynamic and John Scott and is a really great expansion of all of that. So, the hook of this episode is, of course, that a Massive Dynamic employee who was kind of a rising star in the company, seems to have killed himself. Uh, He died seemingly by suicide, but the reason our fringe team is coming in is because there's elements surrounding his death that are weird as hell. Uh, He's got cuts all over his body that were very much not from the glass he jumped through when he jumped out of the window. Because, like, his shirt's not torn at all. The cuts go all the way down to the bone as if they emerge from, like, the inside out. And it's incredibly strange. Of course, we got that excellent opening with, like, the butterflies and him getting cut by, like, the swarm of butterflies and being driven out the window by them. Which is a phenomenal sequence and is so... So well done. Uh, After a while, after investigating this a little bit, we find out that there's this substance in his blood. This this substance inside of him. That was essentially a psychosomatic drug. A hallucinogenic drug, rather, that caused, like, this psychosomatic deal where... Anything he saw that harmed him in his hallucination harmed him, harmed him in real life. Like, basically, it caused him to see things that weren't there, but believe that they were happening. And anything that happened in his, to him in his hallucination happened to him in real life. So while there weren't a swarm of butterflies cutting this man over and over and over and over again, he thought there were... And his brain in this case was so powerful that the cuts became real. And that's why they came from, like, the bone out, uh, inside out. Because these weren't cuts originating from uh, any outside stimulus. It was just his own head. And it's in a massively large amount of quantity to the point where he... Absolutely was murdered. This is a hundred percent a murder case. So we now have to figure out who the hell killed this man. While we're investigating this, John Scott keeps coming back to Olivia. John Scott keeps meddling in Olivia's life, keeps showing up in her head. Uh, At one point, John Scott sends her an email that's, like, the address of this 
basement warehouse where all these containers of frogs are that contain the initial compound used to create this hallucinogenic. Which is how we figure out that he was drugged and murdered. And eventually, this gets to the point where Olivia goes to Walter and is like, Listen, John Scott clearly has knowledge of this case. I need to go in. I need to see his memories. I need to know what the hell is going on here. And Walter, very opposed to this. Like, no, 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 no. I can't put you back in the tank. I can't put you back in the tank. It's dangerous. It's dangerous and dangerous. Uh, But Olivia... Olivia goes in, insists, so Walter begrudgingly is like, okay, I'll put you back in. And so Walter sort of guides Olivia through this dream state. Through this (laughs) dreamscape. Ha! Title of the episode. (laughs) Ha! 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 Uh, so Walter's sort of guiding her through this, guiding her through this, and we see Olivia go in and out of a couple of John Scott's memories. Uh, the first date between John and Olivia, Olivia's just watching that play out. And Olivia, when she starts talking to this memory of John Scott, is convinced at one point that John sees her. Like, is absolutely convinced. John saw me in this dream. John saw me in this memory. John saw me. John saw me. John saw me. And Walter's like, no, no, no. He didn't see you. He didn't see you. That's impossible. He didn't see you. He didn't see you. Usually the voice of, open your mind. Uh, You have no idea. Like, anything's possible. It's like, no, that's flat out impossible. That's ridiculous. He didn't see you. The very last scene of this episode is an email showing up from John Scott telling Olivia that he absolutely saw her. And we don't know if this is actually the case or if it's, you know, just Olivia's mind going nuts or whatever, but uh, that that's very much a thing that happens in the very, 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 very last scene of the episode. So that is worth noting. But then we get this meeting... Uh, between four individuals. John Scott, the guy who got murdered, and two other people. Our guy goes off with one of John Scott's compatriots. Olivia hears him speak a little bit. And then once they're gone, John flat out murders the other guy. Right in front of Olivia. And this is when Olivia gets pulled out of the dream. This is when Olivia gets pulled out of the tank. That's it. We're not going to see anything else. But we have enough to go on. We know that the one guy of the four left alive is this one dude. So Olivia gives a description of this man. Circulates it through. We're investigating. We're investigating. We're investigating. Eventually, we find out that this word monarch in our murder victim's journal is actually a phone number. Is actually, you know, one of those, uh, call 555 shit. Like, it's a word, but the letters actually translate to numbers. You know, you've seen every infomercial ever. 
<laughs> You've seen any infomercial that's ever been made in the history of humanity. So, we go to that. We go through that. And Olivia recognizes this man's voice. Recognizes uh, this man speaking as the other guy from the memory. The other guy from the tank. And so we trace that number to a cell. We track him through the streets of New York. Uh, We finally get to him. There's this big chase. And... We bring him into the hospital for questioning, uh, because he got hit by a car, uh, for questioning. And this guy's like, look, I want a deal for protection from Massive Dynamic. Massive Dynamic killed this guy. Because of what he was doing for us. Uh, taking this, uh, these... Taking this massive dynamic tech and putting it on the black market. Taking this massive dynamic stuff and putting it on the black market. Uh, He was murdered for doing that. And listen, listen. Massive dynamics responsible for everything. ZFT. uh, The Hamburg flight. John Scott. The pattern. It's all them. All of it. Is massive dynamic. It all goes back to them. The pattern is just a smokescreen. So massive dynamic can do whatever the hell they want. And I can prove it. Just give me immunity and protection. And I'll give you all that info. I'll give you all that sweet, sweet, juicy info. And Olivia takes him up on this and goes to Massive Dynamic, confronts Nina Sharp, and is like, you know, no matter what happens with these investigations, it all leads back here. It all comes back to this place. I think whatever cooperation you've given us is all a lie, because nothing substantial has come from it. I think it is all... Just a complete fabrication. It's all a complete fiction. Uh, you're just full of crap. You are like responsible for this in some way. And Nina's like, man, it's uh, it's hard to believe. It. Well, actually, it's easy to suspect that this man, a criminal. Would say whatever he has to to get himself out of trouble. After he definitely killed this guy. It was definitely him. While this is happening, our guy gets murdered. While this is happening, our guy gets his throat slit by a hallucination of John Scott. He got drugged with the same stuff that our Massive Dynamic employee got. Uh, There's the amazing visual of the dude's throat getting slit out of nowhere just by some invisible hand. Like, it's great. It's really, really amazing and a phenomenal sequence. Uh, So our witness is gone. Anything he was going to say about Massive Dynamic is not said anymore. That's all table. That's all non-existent. That's all 
All of this was for nothing. We have no answers and a million more questions. So really, the big question here is, okay, so did Massive Dynamic kill this person? Or was it someone else involved in whatever the hell he was doing with this black market stuff? And no matter what the answer to that question is, whether Massive Dynamic killed him or not, are Massive Dynamic responsible for the pattern? Are they responsible for the Hamburg flight and ZFT and pulling the screen, string, de, pulling the strings on John Scott? Like, is this all leading back to them, or is this guy just? A little bit of a loon, and is this guy assigning way too much? Remember, a while back, when Olivia said, what a coincidence, all of these lead back to you, Nina was like, well, we're such a massive company that literally all the science and technology leads back to us in some way, so yeah, that makes sense. So, like, is this just a coincidental thing, and Nina's just being standoffish because she's usual executive, or is there this insidious pattern happening that is just entirely from Massive Dynamic? We don't know. We literally don't know. This is such an open-ended episode where... Literally anything could happen. Like, either Massive Dynamic is Big Shadow Corporation, or B, this man is just crazy and is just creating narratives out of circumstantial evidence. Remember, he said he had proof. We don't know what that looks like. For all we know, it could be just some scrawling on a napkin saying Massive Dynamic equals bad, question mark? Like, for all we know, it's that. Or for all we know, it's literal documents saying... (laughs) <laughs> we're massive dynamic and we're going to spread this sci-fi horror all around the world so we can do whatever the hell we want. I'm Nina Sharp. This is William Bell, who we still haven't met. And we're evil. <laughs> like, it could be anywhere on that spectrum. We have no idea. Also, Olivia goes back to Walter, desperate to go back into the tank, and Walter's like, no, I'm not doing that ever again. That's, no, that's out of the question. No. 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 Never again. Uh, We also have this subplot around Peter where... Someone he was clearly intimate with in the past. There's a lot of uh, allusion to a past relationship with this woman. This woman shows up and is like, hey, you're back. If I can find you, they can find you too. Get the hell out of here. And Peter's like, no, not leaving. And he also notices some bruises on this woman's arm and is like, it's him again, isn't it? It's this guy, Michael. Who we know nothing about. And this woman's like, it's fine, it's fine. Peter, of course, responds by going up to this dude, beating the crap out of him, pointing a gun at his head and saying, you touch her again, I'll kill you. And then walking away. And then in retaliation, this dude goes to his boss in this weird criminal syndicate and goes, hey, Peter Bishop is back. 
And clearly, Peter has history with this criminal organization. Now, worth noting, none of this is mentioned again. Uh, None of whatever Peter's past is with this criminal organization, or what their beef is with Peter, we never get into that again. This is a plotline that's kind of forgotten about. Which usually... I would have a problem with, which usually I would count against the show. However, in this case, if you actually think about this logically, it does kind of make sense that nothing would come from the mob being like, yeah, we want Peter Bishop. Because, <laughs> like, I can absolutely, because by all accounts, by all Appearances, this is just some low-level, run-of-the-mill criminal organization. There's nothing particularly special about them, aside from their connection to Peter Bishop. So I could definitely see them preparing to get even with Peter, to get revenge against Peter for whatever the hell he did in the past, uh, for whatever the hell slight was against him in the past. Uh, he made against them in the past, rather. Oh, excuse me. Got a little burpy there for a second. I could definitely see them wanting to get payback for whatever that was. And then, after looking into him for a little while longer, after surveilling him for a little while longer, realizing, oh crap, this dude's a consultant with the Department of Homeland Security now, and he's surrounded by feds constantly. We're gonna stay over here. Uh, we're, we're all good. Everything's fine. We don't have to. We don't have to go into this further. This is way too much trouble than it's worth. Like this is way more trouble than it's worth. Uh, we'll go over here and do our thing, and we'll let Peter do his thing. Like I can totally see that being the case. I can totally see that being something that logically happens. So the fact that nothing ever comes of this mob past storyline actually kind of works. Actually kind of makes sense in world. Would it have made for a decent character arc? Probably. But I don't think it's something they needed. Without spoiling much, there's enough going on in the remainder of this series that we definitely did not need this to be a recurring plot point. We definitely did not need this to be as ever-present as Maybe it could have been. Like, that was not a requirement, given how stacked this show is in its 100-episode run. Anyway, a solid episode for the most part all around. Uh, If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm, slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash ThomasClark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's some work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 10. Talk to you then.